Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Brands Corner Podcast. I really hope that everyone's been doing well. Please stay tuned after these messages. Hello, everyone. This is Brandon, and welcome to today's episode of the Brands Corner Podcast. I really hope that everyone is doing well and is staying safe. So today, I'm happy to have my guest today, Miss Julie Beck. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Brandon. Absolutely. And so the way I always begin off my podcast is by first of all asking, how are you doing today? Doing great. It's been a beautiful day here. I got to visit a little bit with my mom earlier today and I've got my little grand dog with me. So we're, we're having a great time just hanging out. That is really great to hear. And so before we go ahead and get started, I'm going to go ahead and, and let you introduce yourself and tell us, the podcast listeners, a little bit about yourself. Sure. So uh, my name is Julie Beck. I am currently a STEM education program specialist with the Virginia Space Grant Consortium. and I've been in that job for about a year and a half. Uh, before that, I was a public high school teacher for 15 years. I taught uh, earth and environmental science, and that included you know, AP environmental and oceanography and a few other courses in there as well. Wow, that is really great to hear. And so I guess my first question I'll give you is, so what really got you interested in teaching? Yeah, so I, as I can remember back to being very, very young, probably three or four years old. I know it was before I started school. Um, I always wanted to teach. Uh, there was always some part of me that was drawn to helping other people learn how to do things. I know the very first thing I ever wanted to be, though, was an artist. And, um, you know, I've told this story many times over the years to different people that have asked about, you know, when did you know you wanted to be a teacher? I really did want to be an artist and I mean full-fledged, you know, painting and I started out with crayons and markers and everything else. But um, my parents told me straight out that that was not an option because I would never be able to make enough money to um, pay for my food and everything else. And even at that age, I understood what that meant. So um, my next thing was was to teach because I had a chalkboard and I used to play with, you know, teaching my younger sister. I taught the dogs, you know, I taught other people's kids, whatever I could, I could get onto the chalkboard. Um, I practiced being a teacher from a very, very young age. And then as I got older, I um, had opportunities to, to do that through the school system. So I remember being a fourth grader. Um, we had career day and they found out that I wanted to be a teacher. And so they let me teach um, a first grade class. I learned I didn't want to teach elementary school, um, but it was a great experience. And then as I got even older in middle school and then again in high school, um, I was a tutor for, you know, especially math classes, um, you know, whatever math class I was in, I would teach, you know, a couple of levels below that and uh, help after school with tutoring. And that was always a whole lot of fun. So I always really enjoyed um, trying to help other people break through the barriers that I felt like kept them from doing what they love to do. So it really was always in me to teach. Uh, I never really knew what I wanted, what subject I wanted to teach. You know, I, at school with tutoring, I just helped people with what I felt good at already. Um, but I really wanted to major in English. I was going to be an English and Spanish double major when I went off to college. Um, but it was a geology class that actually got me interested in STEM. So before that, I liked science. I was always very interested in science kind of as a hobby, as a, as a side gig, but that was not my big focus. At least I didn't think it was. In hindsight, I can see that it was. That's what all the art was about. Um, but I didn't realize that really until I was uh, in this geology class. And I'm not really sure what it was. It wasn't a particularly engaging professor. He was fine, but he, he wasn't, you know, um, very animated or, or exciting. It wasn't that kind of a class. It was simply the subject matter. At that point, you have so much experience and so much depth that you really do understand it better. 
and I just became fascinated. But at that time, Virginia uh, did not do a license to teach with uh, a geology major, the major that you had to have to be an earth science teacher, which is what contains geology, was uh, environmental science, which is interdisciplinary. And so I switched my major to environmental science. And that just meant that in addition to geology, I did a geology concentration, but I also had to have upper level chemistry, um, economics and social science classes. Um, biology was certainly in there, a lot of biology classes. Uh, and so I had a really big mix of, uh, of STEM courses. And then again, those social science classes that were very important um, to preparing to teach. And then it just went on from there. Wow, that is really great and interesting to hear, especially since, you know, as you said, you really started at a young age, like before you even, you know, started school, that you already knew the path you wanted to head on to. And even though at the time, yeah, it seemed like you didn't fully like know like which which way you know to really go in that but the fact that you still wanted to go there and you know you managed to get there you know after all of these years and so how was it for you like like when you first started teaching like knowing that you like you finally made it to where you wanted to be did it feel satisfying or did it take a little while or yeah, so there's a there's an interesting backstory for that too. So I I went into um, the education teacher prep program through college, um, and then got to the very end of it and had done you know very well. I was excited, well on my way to being licensed, and um, got into a situation that really didn't. It wasn't that it maybe not want to teach anymore, but it just couldn't work out for me to finish doing the the teaching stuff at the time. Um, we just had a very challenging situation uh, and a teacher um, basically kind of you know left me in charge of the classroom. And um, as a student teacher, in fact, I, I don't even think I had officially begun the student teaching components yet. But you know, when you're in those processes, there are a lot of um, nuts and bolts that have to fall into place in order for you to complete the program. And uh, a lot of recommendations have to be written and I had all of those, um, but the teacher has to provide things on her end. There's paperwork that she has to fill out. And um, it, the long story short of it was that um, my, my dad also had cancer at the time. And so between trying to keep up with you know, I hate to say it, but truly staying on top of that person to do what she needed to do for my um, work to be completed that one semester and then dealing with the things at home, I ended up actually withdrawing from the program. And so I, not from my major, I mean, I, I still, of course, graduated and all of that sort of thing on time. And I had all of these hundreds of hours of work behind me, but I decided not to teach at that time. So I graduated college not pursuing teaching as a career. And um, ended up getting married, you know, within a couple of years after that and starting a family. So I actually stayed home with my daughter for a few years and didn't become a teacher actually, you know, working in the school again until I was, I believe I was 32. So it was a few years um, before I, I went back into the teaching field. And at that time, um, they offer, well, and they still do, a, a way that you can get an uh, endorsement if you have a degree. But of course, I also already had the training. I had done all of the education courses. I didn't withdraw from, from the program until the very, very end. And it really was just for those very personal reasons. And so there wasn't any reason that I couldn't go ahead and get the license other than it had been a few years. And so I completed a few courses to kind of fill in some gaps because of that time that had passed. 
and um, went ahead and applied to school systems. And um, I was offered positions at the first two schools that I applied to, which was really uh, rewarding, in part because at that time, just like now, there was a high need for STEM teachers. And I, my endorsement was in earth science, and so uh, there was a high need for that. Um, and so I came into teaching, a long story there to say, I came in from an unconventional way, despite having always wanted to be a teacher. You know, it just doesn't always work out in the path, the way that you think it's going to. Uh, and so I ended up um, being hired. I took the, the position um, to teach oceanography. And uh, it was it was very different from my experience before because so many years had passed. So I didn't come into it a 20 something um, person that was almost the same age as my students here. I, you know, I was 32 um, and there was some you know, considerable distance between my age and theirs, which I think does make it a little bit easier, um, you know, when your maturity level is a little bit different. Uh, and so um, it was a great experience for me. The, the first year, you know, teaching oceanography uh, was we just had fun. I mean, it was it was really a fun class. And then after that, uh, I found out that the school um, had we offered AP environmental science and I wasn't sure that they really understood that my degree was environmental science. And I knew that the teacher who had it at the time uh, enjoyed it, but that wasn't her passion. And I just said, you know, if she doesn't want to teach it anymore. I'll be glad to take take that on. And that was all it took. The next year, I was uh, I was doing the AP classes, and um, and that was always a lot of fun too. Because uh, again, that was my major, that was my degree, so it gave me a chance to really um, push the level and challenge the students. And uh, and I continued to teach oceanography, and then I started teaching earth science as well. But yeah, it's an interesting pathway. Wow, that is really interesting to hear. And first of all, sorry to hear about your dad's cancer. And yeah, thank you. But. But yeah, but I'm glad to hear that you were at least, yeah, eventually able to, to make it to, you know, your, you know, your goal. And so, and really, I mean, especially like after such a long gap. So when you were, you know, originally staying at home, you know, during those times and, you know, between, you know, finishing, you know, getting your degree and then, you know, starting teaching. So at mm -hmm. the time, did you know that you wanted to, yeah, in the end, go back to teaching or were you unsure or trying to figure out a new... I did not. Yeah, that's a great question. I was not sure that I wanted to go back to teaching. I'm always very honest with people about that. Um, you know, I know that the public hears a, a lot of stories about teaching and it varies from state to state. There's not one description, you know, but it, it is a challenging job. It can be very challenging. It can be hard to... Um, to, you know, teachers kind of pride themselves on being able to influence students and, you know, run their classrooms. And no matter what videos you see, it's the teacher at the front of the room. That's always the way that we present teaching. Uh, but, you know, in my opinion, that's not really how it should be. And so uh, I did have some reservations about going back to teaching for sure. Um, but, you know, you, you really do, you can't help but come back to knowing what you're good at. And I, you know, I think that on the one hand, um, I, I don't know, I always had a natural talent, something. I always was drawn to helping other people understand things. I always said, if you can explain it to me, I can explain it to anybody. You know, that was, and it's something I enjoy. You just enjoy doing that. And it's very hard to get away from the things that you just know you're naturally good at. Maybe you find other careers that also help you to exercise them. Um, but I, I really just had not found something else that, that would do that. So yeah, it was, it was easy to naturally go back to what I knew because it really is more about who I am. It's not just something I had been trained to do. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, well, that is really interesting to hear. And so is, 
And so how long did you stay as a yeah, teacher prior to accepting your current position? Yeah, I taught for 15 years. And so I was with uh, one school for 13 years and then I was moved over to a neighboring school in the same district for the last two years. Um, and yeah, I fully expected to retire there actually. I was um, I was honored and surprised when, uh, when I got this position. So um, I've just been in this position for about a year and a half. I started um, in June actually. So my very last year of teaching, which of course I didn't know at the time would be my last year, um, was the 2019-2020 school year. And so I remember being in the classroom and I was teaching the day that they sent us home and the afternoon announcement was that the schools were being shut down and that we we weren't sure how long it would be, but that, you know, we would find out soon about how school was going to go uh, and just to stay tuned. And I just remember, you know, my kids were freaking out and asking me questions that I couldn't answer. And, you know, again, I taught, I taught big kids. I taught high school. So th these were 10th and 11th graders. Uh, I think some 12th graders too, um, just really concerned about, you know, how are, how are we going to do school? How are we going to graduate on time? How are we, even though it wasn't this year, it just really was um, strange. And so everybody said, what's this going to be like two weeks, three weeks? And I said, you know, I just don't know, but you're going to hear from me. So it'll be okay. You know, we'll figure it out. Just give the adults some time to kind of figure this out. Um, yeah. So kind of crazy. And then of course we didn't go back in 2020, but um, I interviewed for the position in the spring and I started with the Virginia Space Grant Consortium in June of 2020. So it really was the school year ended and then I started a new job at the same time. Wow. And so I'm actually going to backtrack and say, so how did you first you know, find out about the Virginia Space Grant Consortium? Because I know that you were working with them a little bit you know, prior to accepting your position as well. I was, yeah. So I had heard about the Virginia Space Grant Consortium over the years, but honestly, I really don't think I fully understood all of the programs that they that they were involved in, even as I was growing up. I mean, it's been around for 30 years. Um, but I was hired as a master teacher for the Virginia Earth System Science Scholars Program when it was first beginning. So that was around 2015. And that meant that during the school year, I was working with students to do online coursework and um, grading their papers and giving them feedback you know at the end of my school day that wasn't part of my normal job right so this would have been in the evenings and on the weekends um, i would help with this this online course and then students who were selected to go to the summer academy which is like phase two um, for the top performing students uh, i was a master teacher for that program and that just meant um, basically facilitating, we don't really lead the course, but we're facilitating um, teams of students to work on a, a project. It really is more like problem-based learning than project-based learning, but um, but that you know that's what that was. And so I had that role uh, from 2015 until I was hired. So uh, I guess about five years I was doing the master teacher role with them. And so over that time, of course, I got to know some of their other programs and I learned a lot more about um, just how far reaching the impact is across the state for, from the Virginia Space Grant Consortium. So when the opportunity uh, opened up and I had to apply, I wasn't sure I would be, um, you know, I would get the job, but I had to go for it. It's an amazing place to work. Wow. Well, first of all, I'm glad that you got the position. I'm glad, of course, we got to, you know, to meet in your last, you know, your last year as being a master teacher for the programs. But, but yeah, but it's interesting to hear, like, you know, I guess really how different opportunity opportunities come up and present themselves, especially like when you're not, 
you know, when you're not really expecting them necessarily, it's just like, okay, well, this is something that I wasn't expecting, but it's like, this is something I, I think I really would want to do. You know, I'm not sure what to expect, but, you know, I, I think I'm going to go for it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's exactly how it happened. And, um, you know, when I when I heard that the position was open, um, you know, I had a lot of conversations with friends and, and family and just said, you know, it would feel strange to not be in the classroom anymore. I mean, that's that's a tough thing for a teacher who really loves working with students. You can't imagine how you're going to feel about not working directly with students anymore. And that was honestly, that was my biggest concern is, you know, am I going to, to miss that that impact that, you know, seeing the results of your work right away. Or, um, you know, I, I always worked with a lot of students who were, um, you know, struggling to get through science that wasn't their favorite subject. And so in the times when you're able to make it bearable for them, you know, I would never say that I converted them to be STEM majors. That's just not, that's not realistic. That's not even the expectation, but where I could get them to enjoy the class again, um, or at least be able to get through it and feel like they learned something. I, you know, I remember some of my favorite comments in that last year, you know, that last few months anyway, um, when we were virtual, I was working with kids and I'd given them my cell phone number because some of them um, were better with texting me about things than they were with email. And so, you know, we get these messages and, you know, it ended up the day didn't end at three anymore. You know, sometimes at night they'd be working on it. And if I got the message and I was not, you know, already tied up in something, I answered them. And it really helped build a different kind of relationship with my students. And the, the best things that I remember hearing were, you know, I, I really always thought science was hard and I didn't realize that, that I could really do this if I actually just tried. And, it, and because some of the classroom distractions were gone, um, I had some of the best performing students that last few months were the ones who weren't really coming to class consistently while we were in school together. So it was very eye-opening for me, um, you know, to have that experience, to see that turnaround with some students. And I've carried that with me into, you know, the new position. And I'll never forget that as long as I'm doing education. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's definitely an interesting journey. Wow. Yeah, and that really is interesting. And I mean, even for me as a virtual college student by choice, I mean, I think it's so interesting, especially like over these last few months, it's like, you know, of course, you know, still being in the COVID-19 pandemic, just in a different stage of it, I guess. But, you know, it's like the whole way that we learn is just so different. And it's like, it kind of like changes your expectations of things. Whereas, the students that would traditionally, for example, you know, always be in class and always be there, they may not seem like it's necessary to really be there if they already if they already know it or whatever the case may be. Right. And right. Like, and especially like I know a lot of times, like as a student, like I mean, I I would consider myself a good yeah rather good student, but like I don't tend to have questions because I like listening to the questions that other people have, but the people who are asking questions aren't there anymore. So it's like, right. <laughs> you have to come up with your own questions and you may not get that extra, you know, the extra tidbit that you may have gotten, you know, had you been in a physical classroom. And so, That's a great point. Yeah. And so, and so I guess for you, like, I know that you said that, you know, you started your current position, yeah, you know, during the pandemic. And so how was it for you going from a first, a, classroom teacher to a virtual teacher and then starting your current position virtually and then moving in person for that because I mean that's a big transition over the course of two years. 
it's been so weird. <laughs> it is just really, really hard to describe because you're right. So I went from classroom teacher um, to virtual. And I also did a lot of curriculum work with the district. And so I actually came up with, um, well, the district came up with the idea for uh, alternative learning plans. So basically, um, it was it was a, you know, think of it like a packet. It's not a packet, but it is kind of, you know, a set number of lessons and things like that that could be very consistent. And the idea was because we knew how hard it was going to be for students to consistently attend class, you know, if they're having to do it from home. And so we really needed to be able to allow teachers to post things online that students could access when it was convenient for them. And we, we just knew we were going to have to be the, you know, ultimate level of flexible. And so um, because I was a curriculum writer for the district, I was asked to write the alternative learning plan for the environmental science courses for the district. And so the the first part of it, you know, I, I actually felt like I had a benefit because um, I knew from behind the scenes how that was going to look. So uh, we got through that first half of that year. But then, like I said, I did start the next job. And you're right, that started virtually too. Everything about it was virtual. My, my interview was virtual. Um, I was told, you know, virtually that I was hired. I did all of the onboarding, the paperwork virtually, like everything was done that way. Um, and so, you know, I met my, my teammates, you know, the other people that work with the organization little by little that was tough too because it, it wasn't always through zoom sometimes it was a phone call or things like that and so um it was really hard for me to feel like i knew the people and you know even their faces you know that sort of thing and that went on for a year uh, we didn't return to the office until the end of june of this summer and so uh, my whole first year was virtual and when i went back to the office it really did feel in a way like starting a new job again because I now there was a work culture to think about that, you know, you can kind of have that when you're virtual, but um, it's not the same. It's just not the same as being in the building. And we work out of the Old Dominion uh, University Peninsula Center in Hampton. And so, you know, now it's it's going to work. There's the office, there's the people who work in this section of the office and people who work in another section of the office. And then I had to, you know, learn everyone's faces and um, yeah, it, it was very strange to, to be back, but I love being in the office. I'm actually not someone who prefers to work at home. I need to be out of my house to work. Um, and so it's been great to be back in, in a work environment like that and to get up and go to work in the morning. Well, yeah, well, that is first of all really great to hear that you are finally able to be back and be in the work environment that works best for you. And so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so how, how long ha has it really taken you? if not, you know, currently still, you know, trying to like re-familiarize yourself with being. Uh, I'm still adjusting. Well, the other thing is it's a completely different type of job than what I did before, right? So it isn't just the adjustment to it being a new job. It's a completely different type of job. I mean, you know, my last position, a bell rang me into work and, uh, you know, there were 30 some people waiting for me when I got there. So, um, you know, that was, and, and just people all day, every day in and out, you know, I, I guess I would have interacted with, you know, 150, 250 people every day on a regular basis. Um, there are 18 of us in total, and we're not all in the same section of the, of the building at Virginia Space Grant. So uh, it's a much quieter environment. I have an office, I've never had an office before. Um, and so that's been an adjustment too just you know yeah that is just it's completely different everything about it is completely different 
Wow. And so can you actually tell us a little bit, if you're able to, about what you are what you do in your current position? Sure. So yeah, it's actually, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of neat. I get to wear a lot of different hats from time to time. It just depends on um, what's going on. So in the summers, it's our busiest time of the year because that's when we're running our summer programs. I know you're familiar with that. Uh, and so I am the coordinator for the BLAST program, the Building Leaders for Advancing um, science and technology, and that is a program for eighth and ninth grade students. So during the summers, we are normally, now this year it was virtual, but normally um, we would be, you know, traveling to Virginia Tech, um, you know, this particular set of days is three days at a time, I guess really about four days with the travel, uh, or to University of Virginia or to Old Dominion University. Those are the three institutions that host BLAST programs for us. And so in the summer, we're busy actually implementing those programs. Um, there's a little bit of quiet time in August and early September uh, where you're not quite with the hustle and bustle on, this, on the education programs, um, but you're planning. We're doing some planning for anything that you might want to do changes on. We're looking at data. And then the rest of the, the year, you know, you're, you're doing the um, making sure that people around the state are aware of those, making sure that they know when the applications open and when they close. And we're doing all of the logistical things that have to be done to get those programs ready to roll. Um, during the school year. And then for BLAST, BLAST is only a summer program. We don't have an online course that goes with that. And so um, so then we're you know getting ready for uh, whatever we need to have in place for the program to be um, set to start off in June of the next year. But that's not the only thing that I coordinate. So we have um, some grant programs, we have scholarship programs, and um, yeah, I don't oversee any of those, but I help to operate some of the logistics and so we have a review process, for example, for our new investigator program, which awards um, undergraduate, I'm sorry, not undergraduate, it awards new um, professors, basically new researchers with uh, institutions uh, up to $10,000 to um, to do research, you know, that's related to NASA's mission. And so um, I help to coordinate and facilitate the selection of those um, people. So we send out those requests for proposals and. Um, and then other uh, subject matter experts review those and um, and help to organize that. So that's that's part of what I do as well. Um, and then you know there there are always other types of programs. We're always looking to start something new, um, do professional development for teachers. Um, I was part of helping to plan um, something for CTE teachers with technology. We we put together some professional development for something called X in a Box, which is basically a modular system for um, building devices that can connect to the Internet of Things. Um, and that's you know a fascinating thing to be able to bring to high school students. And so we led some professional development for teachers to help them learn how to use that technology. Uh, and so Virginia Space Grant Consortium is, you know, continually evolving to offer um, different types of programs to meet the needs of, of students and it's K through 16, right? So, um, and then workforce development as well. And so I'm not involved in every aspect of it, but I am in more than one spot. So um, I, I stay on my toes. It's exciting work. Wow, that is really yeah, interesting to hear. And so, yeah, especially like with the wide, you know, range and scope of everything that, you know, you can do within your position alongside working with the, you know, the other people in your 
um, office and facility to really, you know, help bring the yeah the space grant and the rest of its programs that operates to life, really. Yeah, it, it's really um, very rewarding. I, you know, there's a part of me that still sits back sometimes and just says, wow, yeah, I really get to do this and they're not going to take it away from me. You know, like I, I hope I'm going to keep doing a good job and they're not going to take it away. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's it's so different. You know, I, I, I love teaching and, um, you know, I would say that I miss the kids. I mentioned before that that really was my biggest concern, right, about switching jobs. And as a teacher, you always worry that you're, you're you're going to miss that impact or that you know interaction with students directly. But the truth is, um, I do get feedback from the students that are impacted by the program. And because I get to interact with them, especially like the BLAST program, if they email me if they have questions and things like that in the process before they actually attend. And so even though I don't get to know them and build the same types of relationships that I had with students in my classroom, um, you know, I do see these students over time you know, right now I'm in the process of also reaching out to those who just finished the BLAST program and encouraging them to apply to the next grade level program. And so there are more questions and, you know, um, of course, there are applications and, um, I, you know, I get to see that development over time. And so it's, it's amazing to hear how some of these programs change, you know, life choices for students, whether it's just, you know, well, now I've decided I'm more interested in this than I thought. So I'm going to take a different set of classes in high school next year than I had originally planned. Or, you know, recently a student said that they didn't realize you needed higher level math for engineering. And so they, they've decided they're going to commit and take the higher level math class, which is amazing because that's a life changing decision. You know, it can be. Um, and so, you know, I don't miss that as much as I thought I would because I'm still seeing an impact on these educational programs and now it's statewide. So it's just different, you know, it's, it's a different viewpoint. Um, but, you know, I still get to be in education and particularly in STEM education. And, uh, I love that. Wow. Well, that is really all great to hear. And, and I like how sort of the point that you had just brought up too, it's like, even for some of the stuff that, you know, that you miss and really enjoyed about teaching it's like you still sort of get to do some of that stuff just in a different way and might be more indirect than direct but at least you're still able to you know partake in in that process as well sure and just like and the truth is that it kind of impacts a larger number of students um you know which is something else to you know i don't know that i give that as much thought as i probably should sometimes um you know a, another big difference between teaching and then you know being in a position like this one is the the influence you can have on the programs themselves you know like that's that's a huge difference in my classroom you know yes I wrote the lesson plans but um, really you know what drives the train those are decisions made at a much higher level than mine uh, and that's still true for our programs you know there certainly is a framework in place and things like that but um, but you know it an organization like this, any of these organizations and, and public schools as well, we're always looking for continual improvement and we're always looking to, you know, is there some way we could have done this better or something, you know, we're always self-reflecting, um, but it's, it's very rewarding to be part of the conversation now. Um, you know, it's not just top to bottom. We're very involved in, um, in the decisions that are made about programs. And so, uh, you know, if I, if I think that maybe this would help to, to reach a different area of the state or, um, you know, what, whatever it is that we're trying to do, or if I think, you know, that this activity might be, um, you know, a, a great one to try out with BLAST, then, 
you know, sometimes that those things can actually be implemented. And that's, that's very different from the classroom teaching environment, which is much more top down nowadays than it used to be. Um, and so uh, it's nice to be able to, to be part of those conversations and, and actually influence the programs themselves. That is really great to hear. And actually, before I ask um, my next question, I actually wanted to backtrack a little because I'm just sort of curious. So, yeah, I know that in your you know current position with the you know, space grant that you're doing a lot more of the overseeing and management of the overall programs, especially like with BLAST. But do you miss anything from your from previously helping out with the space grant from before this position? Yeah, I, I do. So being being a master teacher is a really um, unique experience because students in those courses, and particularly, you know, my experience was with the best course, the Virginia Earth System Science Scholars. Did I say it all? all did I get all the S's? <laughs> Virginia Earth System Science Scholars Program, yes. Um, it, you know, that's a, it's a very, very, very challenging course. It is, you know, dual enrollment level, you're talking a college level course. Um, students, especially in the summer academy, students learn a lot of skills in a very short amount of time and the bar is high and they love it. I, you know, every, every time I'm there, I'm, I, I'm just amazed by how much students enjoy having this degree of challenge put before them. It can be frustrating and all of that, but I don't know anyone who you could really ask about their job. If they were being honest, they would, you know, I'll say, oh no, I'm never frustrated by my job. Well, you're probably not challenging yourself. <laughs> we all get frustrated with our jobs, right? And so it's a very authentic experience. And I think that um, that's something else that, um, you know, I, you have opportunities to give that to students. I worked really hard my, myself in my own classroom um, to, uh, to foster those authentic experiences best I could, but it's still not the same as a program, you know, like this, um, where you have subject matter experts that are serving as mentors. They volunteer their time to work with students. And um, so it was always just, I, I wanna say heartwarming, but that's, that's not really the right word. I, I was always just in awe um, being in those meetings. And I really just sat back and watched. I was a facilitator. I wasn't teaching. I just was there to help be sure that the process went correctly, right? That, that students knew what they were responsible for, that if they had questions, I was there to guide them. That they were struggling, I, I helped support them and get them back in the right place. Um, we had student leaders, you know, as you know, we always had um, students assumed roles and positions. And so part of my responsibility was to be sure that people were placed in those positions in, in a way that would support the team the best. Um, and, you know, you don't really know the students that well, so you have to go by your first impression of what their best skill set is. Um, and so, you know, I, I do miss that part somewhat that um, it's a very intense experience. And so what comes out of it is watching students also bond. I really don't know any groups of students over those few years that didn't stay in touch when it was over. Uh, all of them that I know of, um, and I found out later, had, had stayed in touch. Some of them have been in touch now for several years uh, and kind of formed their own little cohort, you know, moving, moving forward. These are small teams, you know, only about 10 students, 10 to 12 students usually, sometimes less than that. Um, but you know, people people really do connect very deeply under stress and, and challenges, you know. And so um, I, I really was, I was always in awe of that process. And so I do kind of miss seeing that directly because the program that I do is for younger students, it's designed completely differently. So um, mine become good friends, but not for the same reason. It's not quite the same type of challenge. Um, but, you know, I do get to help out with those programs sometimes. It just depends on what else is going on during the summer. So even though I'm not exactly the master teacher for one of the teams, uh, I still get to be a part of the process sometimes. 
Wow, well, that is great that you're still able, you know, it's like almost like your current position. It's like you kind of get like a little bit of everything that you've learned like throughout, you know, your years of, you know, of teaching, facilitating and everything of that. It's like, it's all like have come and have come together almost. It, it really is. It is. It's, yeah. Yeah, I get I get a little speechless about it because it's um, hard to believe sometimes that you know it could it could be this good, <laughs> but it is. It really is. Wow! And so I definitely want to give some time to you if you have any, you know, last things that you would like to touch on. Any, yeah, you know, whether they're questions for me, questions for the audience, or if you have any, you know, final thoughts, I'll definitely go ahead and give the floor over to you. I, I do have a question for you, actually, yeah. Brandon. I, I'm just, you know, I just haven't had a lot of time to talk to you after Best was over. Um, and so I just want to know, you know, what kind of influence, if any, you know, what positives came out of that experience for you? What were your best, biggest takeaways? All right. So first of all, for for those who are listening, I was actually a part of the yeah the Vest Summer Academy and of course the course that corresponded with it um, back in 2020. Yeah, and so I would say, well, I mean, I first of all had a ton of positive takeaways, and and I definitely did have that whole team bonding thing that and that you were speaking about. And I think for the most part, my team has my former team has kept in touch for the most part. Yeah, even if it might be occasionally a few weeks or maybe even a month or so between messages. It's like we do try our best to at least stay in contact and everything. But I would say that probably my communication skills have probably uh, improved a little bit. I mean, I've always been one to, you know, yeah, like sit back a little and just at least observe first before like getting too involved. But it's like now I know like how to do some stuff like behind the scenes more. And I mean, and really like help also make connections with people. Like even within a short time span, I mean, yeah, as you mentioned before, I mean, we were doing, you know, so much really intense work and really it was over the course of just a single week. Uh, I mean, and that was a lot of hours into those weeks too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I think, yeah, I think with interning with the program, I think it was, it, I think one of the weeks ended up being like 72 hours within the week. So, I mean, that is an awfully long time, but I mean, it's... <laughs> But I mean, it's a lot of time to, you know, really do a lot of work and, you know, really you get to really get to know your your group. And while, you know, we were virtual, so we didn't necessarily have enough. I mean, a lot of free time afterwards to really like, but we like getting know get to know each other, like get like, you know, pictures or anything of that besides, you know, an occasional screenshot that we may have accidentally took on our keyboard. But yeah, I think I we've really been I've really been able to like take like so many of the different skill sets, especially, you know, like with being able to write a proposal like really quickly and and everything. And I mean that's been really helpful, especially like with increasing my typing speed and just really being able to read something over and like fully comprehend it all and yeah, mm -hmm. submit it back out because a lot of the reports and stuff we had to do were very were very particular. And yeah, I had a lot of small details that you you really had to focus in on, but not too much time you had really to just linger around and you know read it over seven times. It's like you need to really capture everything in the first two reads almost. Yeah, that's that's a great point. The the proposal writing is something that um, I don't believe we had in place the first year, and that was something that we realized we needed to add later. Uh, and you know, being one of the master teachers, you know, it was it was actually students I think that even brought that up and and just you know, 
um, made some suggestions people had, that had gone through and that was something that was added to it. So I know maybe a little bit more work, but I'm glad to hear it really, um, you know, that it paid off that you got the skill out of it later. Because um, I, I know for me, even though I was a strong writer, like I said, I, I went off to school to be an English teacher, um, you know, that writing under pressure and especially technical types of writing are very different from what you do in high school. Very, very different from what you do in high school. It's a completely different approach. It's not just the words you choose. It is much different. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm glad to hear that that was something that you've been able to carry with you. Benefit you later. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I, I absolutely loved you know, doing that program and all of the other programs for the space grant that I got to participate in over the years. I mean, it's all just been, yeah, such a great experience. And I mean, even as an intern after year one, I mean, and especially being you know, one of the lead interns, I mean, that was a very different experience, but I really loved it. And I can't wait to hopefully be able to resume doing that in person, hopefully next year. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure they were thrilled to have you as an intern. So glad you were able to do that. Yeah, and thank you so much for, of course, all of your help as well. Oh, no, no, no. I, the master teacher role is, you know, it's, I, I just really enjoyed it, but um, it, it's always all about what the students get out of it. So I'm just glad to hear that, that the program was, was good for you. Yeah, thank you so much. And, and also, before we go ahead and yeah, come to a close, I did want to yeah, give you some time for if I know, yeah, if anyone listening would like to, yeah, whether it's keep up with you or or anything of that nature, is there any way that um, the audience may connect with you? And it's quite all right if not as well. Oh yeah, of course, absolutely they can. I'll, I'll give you my work email because that's the easiest one to remember. Um, so it's J back. My last name is back, like pat on the back, B-A-C-K. So it's just J-B-A-C-K at O-D-U dot E-D-U. And it, I'm in my email every day. So that's the easiest way to reach me. Yeah, well, that is really great to hear. And thank you so much, Ms. Back, for for being here and taking time out of your, yeah, of your semi-busy schedule to um, to come out here today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Brandon. It's been a lot of fun. Hey, absolutely. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Stay safe, stay well, and I'll chat with y'all later.